0: Hello, you're listening to Don't Date Me, a podcast where a certain number of adults discuss dating. Hit that subscribe button for weekly full length episodes and for me <laughs> Weekly mini <waiting laughs> ones? <laughs> it was going so smoothly. And for weekly mini ones too. Yeah, do it. Subscribe. It's so slick and nothing ever goes wrong. I'm JB, a 37 year old, six foot four, bisexual man and closeted Christian. And I didn't know Gwen had cats.
1: I'm Gwen. I'm a 56 year old, short, fat, pansexual woman. And in fact, I have four cats.
0: Oh, that's a lot of cats. No,
1: that's almost, you can't be a crazy cat lady until you're into double digits. Do they all that's get what,
0: on? Are they friends? Three
1: of them get along really, really well. <laughs> and the fourth one is indifferent and sometimes a bit surly.
0: Oh my goodness, thats that cat is me. That's how it, that's me.
1: Well, her her name is Mink. So, if you would like to live in her fur, you know,
0: my name is can come and meet her. (laughs) Can we post photos of your cats on Instagram? Sure. Yes. So, on this week's episode, what we doing, Quind? You tell me, baby. Well, this is your episode.
1: We've been we've been hearing a lot from other people,
0: Mm -hmm. Jamie.
1: I want to hear about you. (laughs) I want to know. I want to (laughs) know your deepest, darkest. Secrets
0: Oh god What well, better place to discuss them And on a podcast I so, think
1: I think you know If you're going to go full confessional We're going to Today is definitely Today the day.
0: is the day Indeed
1: No dirty talk Just podcasts No turn-ons,
0: So tell me on By that I mean This podcast I'm not interested So don't date me Review me Just rate me like, subscribe, don't date me. Review me, just make me. Like, subscribe, don't date me. I don't date me. I don't date me. I don't date me. Alexa, play the podcast, Don't Date Me. Okay, speaking of which, follow us on Instagram at XGSpot. I'm and Twitter. At Escape Sparks <laughs> Wait, is it? At Escape Sparks! me, so yeah, we're going to be chatting about my experience as a bisexual man, which feels weird that like, it's like a thing where we reference all the time, but I don't really go into much. I don't feel like I've talked about it that much, my personal experience of being bisexual on the I podcast.
1: Think, I think talking about bisexuality can feel funny.
0: Yeah, it feels, yeah, it doesn't. It feels, yeah, we'll, co- we'll cover that. Yep. Bit. Um So... What has been happening this week, though, Gwen? Have you got any exciting things that have happened?
1: I don't really have too many exciting things that happened. Like I said, I'm a short, yeah. fat, old woman, you know, and I, I really, I'm just missing my cats because they're back down in London. Oh, man. Probably the most exciting thing that's happened to me this week is... I wore two different coloured wigs to wear. Oh,
0: hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Thriving with the wigs. That's right. Wig culture, baby. Um... What's exciting? Nothing. I've had like, I see, because I was off for a week, I had a pure chill time and it was pure good. And then I'm just back at work now and just not spending money <laughs> because of my sofa. Yeah. I heard
1: about your sofa.
0: <laughs> yeah. I keep talking about it. It's become a bone of contention, to be honest. But it's fun. I love it. I love it. But yeah, so I've got nothing exciting to talk about, really. Um, But what I am looking at square in the eyeball right now Is your harp, Gwen? Yeah. Because you play harp.
1: I do. Um, I play small Scottish and Irish wire strung harps. That's my smallest harp that you see over there. It has 24 strings. They are made of silver and brass.
0: Oh, wow. I did not know that. There you go. Yeah, it is beautiful. And it's... Is it... Did you get it custom made or anything?
1: No, no. All of my harps have stories. Love it. Um, This harp was um, on a table... At the San Jose World Science Fiction Convention Mm. in 2001 or 2002. I can't remember. And um, someone who was part of my little community in weird fandom um, had had it. And they had bought it at an auction at a a, a reenactment society Mm -hmm. 25 years ago. Wow. With thinking they were going to restring it and learn how to play it. And it had been hanging on their wall.
0: And they just never used it.
1: And they just wanted to know if it could be restrung. So I took a look at it and I looked inside of it. And I found out that it was made by a fellow called Jay Witcher, who's a legend. Oh, wow. In um, sort of um, historical harp circles. Mm. And uh, it was one of his earlier models that he made when he was still living in California. Mm. And so um, someone who was there described me as stalking this harp because I kept walking around the table and looking at it. (laughs) So I took it back to the place where I was staying. Mm -hmm. And I strung it. And I brought it back to give it back to the people. And they said... Actually, since you already play small harps like this, we think you should take it home with you.
0: Did they just give it to you for free? Yeah. Whoa, that's epic. Is that kind of thing not usually quite expensive?
1: Um.
0: Or was it just because of the condition it was?
1: I think, I think it was more because they knew me. Yeah. And they knew the kind of music that I do. Um, That's so cool. And they heard me, I mean, my first harp was a gift.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And my second harp, I spent a lot of money on Mm. because it was a custom job. And this harp is probably, I mean, I could turn around and sell it for more than I make in a month.
0: Whoa. Okay, so I'm going to be stealing that harp on the way out. Um,
1: (laughs) Over my very large dead body.
0: (laughs) Well, if you love harps, you'll love candles.
1: I don't mind candles.
0: Because... Um, As you'll know, we've been running a wee competition on the podcast for The Banter, Uh, our little partnership with Mealiora Wax. Uh, Mealiora have custom made the podcast candles and they aren't available for order yet, but if there's demand for them in the future, who knows? We'll see what happens. But we've been giving them away on the social media and we're going to announce our winners. So Gwen... Would you like to have the, the honour of winning our first Of winning Of announcing Oh my god, sorry No candle for you I'm sorry I don't have enough <laughs> Would you like to announce the winners though Of the candles?
1: Once I get over being stricken From not having one on myself I suppose, <laughs> this is,
0: yeah This is like I can hear Lindsay screaming from home Because Lindsay always moans at me That I don't give her any free podcast merch I'm like, Lindsay I have to buy my own podcast merch too Anyway I mean Fine, I'll get you a t-shirt Right, Kind <laughs> Okay
1: I had, I had, folks. I had to say nothing to make that happen. I just looked at him. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so without further ado, right. the winners of our Meliora Wax competition. Who will each win a candle? Uh, what like one is my scent, one is Sarah's scent, and they're going to win a whole little prize pack of podcast merch. Right. The winners are.
1: Looks like Kieran Mitchell. Woo. I think I know Kieran Mitchell. Indeed. And and Richie Edwards.
0: Who you do not know. I, whom I do not know, yes. And who I don't know either, but he is a wee friend on Instagram and is a fan of the show. So That's great. Yay. Congrats to both of you. So cool. So thanks for following Miliora Wax on Instagram and yeah, and feel free to follow them for all their new lineup because they've got new stuff out for the fall. Well, shall we? Okay. You do your thing. Well We're gonna now talk about my we, life. We
1: are. We're gonna we're we're gonna talk about Jamie. Um because I think the world has been missing out on knowing a little bit more about Jamie. Cool. So I have some questions. Yeah. Because
0: if you want general context as well, because like, I know you know me a little bit, but obviously context for life and my journey and stuff, I guess. But I'm happy because the reason, I'll tell you why I thought this would be an interesting episode is effectively because when it was International Bisexual Visibility Day, which I always, with these kinds of days, I'm always kind of like, all right, okay. Um, But then I kind of thought about it and I thought, you know actually yeah and like there's so many misconceptions and i don't really talk about it all that often mm-hmm. and then i realized like if people talk about it with me it's usually to me <laughs> and i thought it would just be interesting to kind of unpack that and so i thought it could be a kind of fun thing for you specifically sure. to delve into my
1: history absolutely because when i was when i was younger i would have identified as bisexual. Yeah. I, I've adopted pansexual mm. because I like I like the word a little bit better.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's not,
1: you know, so bi...
0: It's yeah, it's not so scary. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Ironically, yeah. <laughs>
1: but when we talk about you,
0: mm-hmm. what does that
1: mean? What does bisexual mean to you?
0: Well, I think it meant different things at different points in my life.
1: Right, so let's start at the beginning. When did you first realize that I, you were bisexual?
0: Uh, well, I've always had like good, strong friendships with both men and not men and women, but like when I was a younger, with mm-hmm. you know both male and females. Um, but I guess Power Rangers, specifically OG Power Rangers, because I simultaneously felt attraction to Tommy the Green Ranger who was the the bad boy who was the the evil power ranger who actually turned out into the the white ranger and became the good guy tiger sword Uh, but also kimberly as well and i i remember distinctly like being like these these people are for me um so that was the first time i realized it. and then flash forward years later in high school when i got bullied quite a bit um for being different because I had a slight English accent because my parents are English um and I didn't play football and I liked art and I liked uh nerdy things as well there's misunderstandings there so people made made assumptions of me and assumed I was gay and I was like I'm definitely not gay and I I always knew I've always known my whole life that I'm I'm not gay um and and it's some people would say maybe it's my commitment issues, but it's just like I can never fully commit to that identity. It just didn't fit, didn't feel like it was me. Um, and then flash forward more recently when I've been, you know, going through counselling and stuff, um, you know, when I was focusing on my future and what I wanted for relationships in the future. I started talking about the binaries and like, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a guy or a woman or what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then my therapist was like, sorry, counsellor, whatever, uh, was like, yeah, but remember, it doesn't matter. And then that one conversation shifted my whole perception of my identity and I realised, huh. And then, so yeah, I feel more bisexual now than I ever have and it could not be less binary than it's ever been in my whole life. So, yeah.
1: That makes perfect sense to me. And I really resonated with what you said about people saying, oh, you just have a problem with commitment.
0: Because oh.
1: having identified as a bisexual in the 80s...
0: Yep. Oh, wow. That must have been so different, it right? Was,
1: it was bizarre. Because I, I would get... Um, I would get gay men who didn't want women in their clubs.
0: Mm. Mm. I
1: would get gay women who would look down on me because... I was in a gold star lesbian, yeah. right? And I would have men react one of two ways, both creepy.
0: Yep. So fetishizing it. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yep. So I think I, I, I think there's so many things that people have used mm. to push down.
0: Yeah, minimize other people. Exactly.
1: And and, and, and particularly with bisexuals. Mm. In the LBTGQIA plus movement, yep. there's so many bisexual stories and even pansexual stories of people believing that if you don't choose one gender, you can't possibly fall in love with a single person. Uh-huh. Now, for me, as a polyamorous person, it's less of an issue, but it still bothers me.
0: Yeah, I get you.
1: It, and I know things were really different for mm. me because I'm, you know, really old. <laughs> but But when you first started dating... What was that, what was that like? I mean, how do you, so what's the difference now between the way you navigate the dating world now and the way you might have done maybe five years ago, 10 years ago?
0: So I think, I think it's really interesting because like the irony that I'm doing a dating podcast, I feel like I date more in my 30s than I ever have in my life. Because I feel like when I was in my 20s, Life was quite literally a cabaret. Literally. I did youth theatre, I had friends, and most romances or relationships I kind of just like fell into. Nothing was intentional. I didn't go out my way to go on dates with people. I never had that high school experience, you know, the kind of like Americanized version of high school experience. Like, that was not me. And and (laughs) who does though? I feel like it's a complete fabrication. You know it is and it isn't do you think some people fall into the trappings I, of it i
1: think i think people do fall into the trappings of it but that's every bit as much of a trap it's yeah. not being as it's not being able to be congruent with it
0: yeah okay how do you mean though
1: so when you fall into those parameters where you've got to have a high school sweetheart and if you lose your virginity to that person you've got to marry them and spend the mm. rest of your life with them it puts your life on a trajectory yeah. that, that someone else has dictated for exactly. you. And if you're 16 or 17 years old, how can you have any idea Mm-mm. how you're going to feel
0: mm-hmm.
1: 10 years in the future, let alone 30 years in the future? I mean, we are talking about a really long span of years that you've decided to make a decision about
0: exactly. as
1: a young adult who is not really old enough to drive.
0: I know, it's mad, is <laughs> It's so mad. But yeah, I feel like... Uh, so yeah, so that was my kind of 20s. Okay. And then I feel like now I'm a lot more intentional. I feel that in a lot of ways, times are changing and perceptions have shifted. I feel like there's a very... I think it's happening less than this country is kind of what I'm getting. But there is definitely a shift in culture where... Bisexual men are fetishized a little bit by some some women, which is interesting to me because that's a new thing, for sure. Um, and I and I'm not the only person noticing this. Like I've noticed this quite a few writers and stuff that have kind of clocked on to this and even made careers out of it as there well. There are
1: whole fiction genres, yeah.
0: <laughs> which is interesting. So that's interesting, but in terms of like the actual logistics of dating a bisexual that's a whole different matter. Okay. <laughs> because I feel what I've found that's curious is my relationships with men, some of them do not, it doesn't factor to them, they don't care about other people's sexual identity, and yeah, that's fine. But there are some men that I've dated who can't make peace with the fact that I'm bisexual. And they always are like, yeah, but, you know, what, not 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 like worrying that I'll leave them, but just they can get concerned that I can't that they can't satisfy me in some way that they don't understand. Cause there are some, and I and as a bisexual man, I don't understand this at all. There's so many gay men that are repulsed by the idea of having sex with women, which to me is mind-boggling. Like fair enough, there's things in my life where I'm like, you know what? Not for me. But I'm not like overly repulsed by many things. Yeah. Um so that's interesting itself. But then on the other side, for some women that I've dated, And even when I've dated a bisexual woman, there's been times where they more than ever, it's more, I think it's more seated in kind of like this society and culture we're steeped in, but they worry that they're not enough. And they worry that I'll leave them for a man, which could not be further from my internal narrative and how I perceive the situation. Um, so that's been quite challenging of navigating that
1: Um, I'm really resonating with so much of what (laughs) you say I think um, particularly if you are for example dating a bisexual woman who's primarily, who's more often attracted to men than women Mm, Yeah. then I think it's really really easy for that for that woman to imagine that she wouldn't be enough for you Mm. because she knows where her desires are yeah. And she
0: she can't picture it. Yeah,
1: she may worry that your desires are the same way. Yeah. I think and the whole question of are we enough? We could we could probably do Yeah. We could do, That could be a whole episode. It could. We could do reams of uh, about are we enough for anyone.
0: But I'll be super honest about that though. Like to me uh, I don't know. I think maybe it's also going through recent situations as well. But I just think to myself I don't care. Like, if I'm if i if I'm not enough for someone, then see you later. And also, I, I just don't think like that. I and mean,
1: I, I feel yeah.
0: like I'm more... I think when I was in my 20s, I was I could probably say I was a jealous person to a large degree, but that's more settled in my insecurities. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I'm kind of like, meh. Like, if, if someone... If I'm in a relationship with someone and they move on, I'm like, cool, see you later. Bye. Again, I then wonder, am I just depressed? <laughs> I'm like emotionally shut down. <laughs> from, like, <laughs> I said this to, with in the episode with Jason and uh, with Jason and James, where I was like, when I meet new people, sometimes I'm so kind of like, hi, how are you, and then internally feel nothing, and I feel numb, and then I'm like, maybe I'm just depressed, but I don't think I am because I feel quite happy most of the time. <laughs>
1: You know, my my therapist used to used to award me a virtual gold star when I could identify an actual feeling, <laughs> an
0: actual so, emotion.
1: Exactly, I'm having an emotion.
0: Yes, you, exactly.
1: you just said you had. It. I, that's so, it's it's so odd. I, I, yeah. The more I get to know you, the more I think that you and I really have a lot of. God. We do though. No, it's funny that, but I
0: don't know. Like I just, I think life's. T- I think the way I view it, I think maybe it's also because I'm a child for of divorce. Like I feel like. Mm. If you're not in it, then you're not in it. And that's okay. And that's the other thing I've, I've kind of made peace with, like, and why I find it interesting disco- discovering and chatting and learning about a polyamorous lifestyle, because I don't think I could ever fully commit to that. But I can see how it could work for some people. And, and as we've said previously, like, me and Sarah chatted about it, where, you know, I said that I was in a situation which basically almost was polyamorous. And that was, like, a new thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Just interesting.
1: It's, it's one way. Exactly. But it's never, it's never the only way. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always, um, it, it, it kind of goes back to the people who tell you that you can't commit if you say you're a bisexual. It's the idea that I have this path, my path is right for me, and therefore it's probably right for you too.
0: Yeah. There's yeah.
1: Whole lot of that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Which brings me
0: Mm-mm.
1: to the question about. Mm-hmm misconceptions around bisexuality yeah i'll bet you've got a long list
0: oh i tweeted a whole list did
1: you i I need to see this tweet
0: so okay do you know what i'll just read the list out to you
1: okay let's see it
0: because to be honest it kind of sums it up because i kind of realized that like when i went to say about a whole bunch of misconceptions that people have i realized that if people aren't Making assumptions—they're just telling me how uh, how we all live. Yeah. Pippi Strello Designs creates badass digital illustrations, greeting cards, keyrings, and pins. If you enjoy spooky skeletons, pizza, space, and RuPaul, then you're gonna love Pippi Strello Designs. Check out their Instagram page where you can find a link to their Etsy shop, where you can treat yourself to a wee tote bag. Day it Support a local artist and share some sass with loved ones. With Pepe Strello Designs. Here's a, a few of the the questions I I say in inverted commas I get asked quite a lot. So, when, if I say I'm bisexual, or it comes up in conversation, people say, "So you're gay then?" Yeah. Or they say, "But have you actually had sex with a woman?" Or they say, "It's just your age." I have literally had quote co- not in not in this job because we work in a, an amazing great company but in a previous workplace I literally had someone say this to me. it's just your age when you're older you'll be gay. <laughs> I was like, "Excuse me, like, who even are you?" And they didn't, they didn't say it with jest, because if someone said that in in passing as a joke, I'd find it funny. But they were serious.
1: That's like, that's just the same as telling a woman, "Oh, don't worry, when you get older, you'll really want to have babies." <laughs> oh, my oh my word! God.
0: And then another one: If we date, won't you miss having sex with the opposite gender? Uh, and then. Statistically, bisexual people have higher rates of depression. You should choose. It would make life easier. A medical professional said that to me. <sighs> uh, also, you must struggle to be monogamous. But the notes; these are not questions that people want. No. It's just statements. Um, and then the general thing of like, oh, it's a safe space. And then as long as you're not bisexual, that kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, I've been there. <laughs> I've been to that club.
0: <laughs> so I guess you don't want to get married. And then mm-hmm. my personal favourite, I say in inverted commas, you're just greedy, aren't you?
1: <laughs> I get that one too.
0: And then slot, People never say it, but they say it with their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's super interesting to me because it is not really at all the case.
1: In the whole idea... That bisexual people are just going out having sex with anything that moves. Just
0: always. I makes wish me laugh. you could be. I absolutely wish, but... I
1: wouldn't want to have sex with anything that moves. Come on, you don't know where they've been.
0: Well, this is the other thing. Yeah, my vibe is sanitized models, and I vet them now. We have a three date rule. I... Go me. That works for me. Life journey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or progress, I guess. So well, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, but. I mean that's a long list of things mm. that are really just judgments mm-hmm, people mm. are making about a lifestyle that they've just made some assumptions about.
0: Yeah, that they might not even identify with, have experience over anything. Have
1: you ever had a conversation with a bisexual? It might be the yeah. you know and and, and and the and the reply we're having a conversation now is probably not Yeah <laughs> probably not correct.
0: It's mad, isn't it?
1: It it, it is. It is. I remember hearing some of those things and I remember how it made me feel. And...
0: I just disengage. As soon as people say things like, oh, you're just greedy, ha, ha, ha. I then just disengage and I go, well, I'm never talking to you about my personal Mm -hmm. life. Or the opposite... I'll dial into it and oh. I'll just pretend to be that person because they want me to be that person.
1: Let's try to make you as uncomfortable as possible, exactly. shall we? Yep.
0: And it's a good defense mechanism for people to not know me as well. Um, which isn't, that's not healthy, I've come to realize, but it's kind of fun.
1: I mean, there's a certain there, there's a certain amount of of self righteous smugness that you can therefore, that you can take home about. Hell now. yeah! Oh yeah! Frankly, one of the nicest things about being a woman in her fifties and therefore sexually invisible mm. is that I can take a lot of liberties. Yeah. I, but yeah, I can say pretty much whatever I want, <laughs> which which means that I've had to learn some lessons about objectifying particular young men. Oh. Wow. Because. I've because I've had because I've had people be kind of hurt by some of the things that I've said. And I've had to really reel really it in and think about yeah. the way that I use that privilege. Oh, wow. When when I'm especially with 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 like my male coworkers, mm-hmm. you know, I do make jokes. I do make a lot of bad. Yeah. Jokes. I am easy to talk to. Yeah. But I'm really, really careful about that line. Yeah,
0: of course. of course.
1: But it's um, and it's it's. The, but the thing is the
0: lines but at least, from everybody, but at least your mind, yeah, that's true. And that's what you learn when you get to know people as well. but also, um, yeah, that's just the nature of human dynamic like interactions, I guess is like learning where everyone's like lines and stuff are as well. yeah,
1: so. wow, that's a, I'm sorry, I'm still I'm stuck on your list of misconceptions that is those are so hurtful,
0: yeah, those, and I think that's just the list, and that's not included in, like then. The preconceptions or conversations in a faith community setting.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: <laughs> which, which we I do make reference with every single podcast episode, but I never talk about it. Do
1: you want to talk about it?
0: I guess so. A wee bit, I guess.
1: Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about the faith community in which you were raised.
0: So we'll probably delve more in depth into this in the new podcast that's starting soon called Faith Me because we'll are we definitely have an episode where I talk more fully about that but ultimately I was raised in a Pentecostal Katy Perry style church and I have to admit it was really awesome for the most part. I had a really great childhood, I had so many amazing father figure role models um, and also a lot of really strong female role models in my life and I had made loads of friends that um you know were really important at the time and had a lot of support from a lot of different people at different times as well there was a couple of times where I fell apart the church helped put me back together and or people in my family as well you know I've seen people's lives being changed I've helped change people's lives and I mean that in terms of more from like a practical youth work perspective as opposed to actually like (laughs) Jesus or anything like that I can tell you all
1: kinds of stuff about Jesus (laughs)
0: Yeah Um, But Yeah but on the flip side of that You have Dogmatic um, Narrow minded um, Really hurtful Perspectives that are steeped More in political Rhetoric and Perspectives rather than actual Love because if it ain't about love, then that's when I zone out. As soon as you can have correction and you can have people going, do you know what? Is this lifestyle choice you're making now a good one for you? And I think that's a great question to ask at all times. But when it comes to like, someone saying how you should be and other people... What I would say on the flip side of that though is I was lucky to be in an environment where I had religious I say I don't view it as religion but I had people who are like in charge who would teach in bible colleges asking if Jesus wasn't the son of God would that change your faith so I came from a background where people actually would question the very nature of faith and that to me was was interesting because I never had that environment or or experience before um and I'm lucky Because I don't come from a background where people are like, this is how it should be. You must think this way, unless it's about sex and unless it's about sexuality. In which case it was very much like a, you must prescribe to this one narrative that is historically being constructed. And if you don't, you're not valid.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I even worked for a church, so that whole thing as well.
1: (laughs) Have you ever heard the phrase?
0: Oh no. Pray the gay way. the sin. Oh, yes. Love the
1: sinner. Yes. Meaning that if you're attracted to someone of the same gender, as long as you remain completely sexless for the rest of your life, you can get good with God.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Which doesn't make any sense. And also, yeah, and also let's not even get into the whole uh, conversion situation, which is a thing for some, which is still legal in this country. Side note. Uh, Conversion Stuff. you're kidding no it's still it's still, not like the kind of old school religious uh, not religious but the, you know how what they used to do in mental asylums that but, stuff's not legal okay it's in like terms camps of, yeah so it's not so much that but it's there is like uh groups that people can by their own choice go to to be therapized and be degayed which doesn't work cuz no. they they'll all just have sex.
1: I mean, yeah, well <laughs> th- th- there's there's that and also can you imagine the load of guilt? Exactly. That you that you would continue to carry every time you looked yeah at, at a person of the gender that you're not meant to be attracted to and and felt some and felt something.
0: One of the things that I'm super thankful for is first of all the amazing people I had in my life from that time, but also Me and Claire, when we ran our youth department, because we were both paid by our church to be their youth workers. And that was controversial in itself for a lot of different reasons. But um, we had a question box and I'll never forget, we were asked the question by the young people, um, is it sinful to masturbate? And me and Claire were like, yes, this is going to be really interesting. So, because our perspective was, that is between you and God. Like nobody else is like, you know, that's nobody else's business but yours. And it's that way where... But we thought it'd be curious and interesting to ask the whole congregation and lots of different people. So we basically did a wee survey and kind of touched base with people and stuff. And it was fascinating because you can imagine exactly the kind of things that people were saying. And okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. So you don't want your children to have sex and you don't want them to do that. that, And so... um. So yeah, so it is interesting, so yeah. So that's that.
1: The catechism of self-denial.
0: Exactly. Wow. Which just isn't healthy.
1: Are you still in touch with anyone from that community now?
0: Not really, and it's more because I was exhausted. And I was exhausted apologising for my existence to a very small... Because that's the thing, the unloving... A uh, subculture within the, that church community, in in my experience anyway, was very minimal, which is unusual. Which is unusual. Yeah. Um, and I realize a lot of people have not had that experience. Um, but it was enough to make me realize that this isn't for me. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So yeah.
1: So that's a, that's a big important, positive piece of you know. your youth yeah that you've walked away from
0: yeah wow
1: how does that feel
0: i've never really felt part of any group i've never felt at home anywhere really um and i think that's why i've taken solace in my recent workplace and i think that's why i've taken solace in when i worked in commercial radio um and in in those settings is because that's where i found my community and my people Gwen, well, I'm getting emotional. <laughs>
1: That's another place where I think we have a lot in common. I was completely stumped by that question we were asked a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. What does it feel like to be home?
0: Yeah. Because I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. I had
1: no idea. Yeah. I, I, I haven't thought about being in a home and having my home be completely constant yeah. since 1979 when my dad
0: died. Wow. Yeah.
1: And that was, you know, everything just... Everything went yeah. cockeyed after that. And I think that when we live in this sort of in-between place, it means that sometimes we don't get yeah, to have those communities. or the communities that we don't build ourselves. Exactly. Now, you know, when you have an intentional community yeah. and it's the people that you've brought to you that are your chosen family, you know, that can feel like home, but it doesn't necessarily have to live
0: exactly. in a building. But yeah, I think... So I've never really felt at home in the gay community mm-hmm. specifically, not LGBTQ plus Q, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but in the gay community, I've never felt welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Christian community, I felt welcomed mm-hmm. to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and even in, in like familial and also friendships, you know, I've had people come in and out of my life. So. For me, the moment for moving on from church wasn't a big thing. Okay. It was just a an inevitable moment. Because for me, I always will still view church and faith systems as part of your whole life or part of your community um, rather than the prescribed societal construct of the building that okay. functions and then controls society. I can
1: understand that. Do you still um, pray? Yeah. Okay.
0: Not regularly, but when but, when the time yeah. calls upon it, I do sometimes yeah. So okay. So yeah, and I think that's probably why I'm interested in exploring those themes. I I, with I other
1: love people. that idea. I think that's a terrific idea. Yeah. And it it also it also struck me that when you're a person who's kind of living in those in-between spaces, mm. when you move from one community to another, do you think that your observation of change <laughs> is is different? Yes. Or what kind of change Have you seen as you've been sort of moving around in all these different places?
0: I think someone made said I'm not saying I'm Andy Warhol for the love of God, (laughs) jeez, I would I would never say something like that. However, someone said a, a reference to him about how he like at parties and stuff. He just kind of observed people, and like I feel like that's why I settled in sound production and radio spheres, and now podcasting. Because I kind of view things from an external perspective, and so I analytically analyze situations and people. I think that's why I've been good previously in supervisor, manager things as well, because I can kind of like mm-hmm. see through the bullshit, especially when it comes to people's interactions and stuff like that. I can mm-hmm. observe a conversation from afar and be know ex- and know exactly what's going on. Um. So I think, yeah. So I've always kind of felt like an outsider, and I and I found it. Yes, yeah, so I've just fallen into this, I guess. So.
1: so, do you think if you were sixteen tomorrow, mm. would there be a different reception oh, for yeah. you um, if you walked into a queer
0: club? Hmm. I think it depends on the the group that, that's there at the time. Because when I went to Hot Mess, which is a club night in Glasgow recently, that changed my perception on what's possible for queer nights out. Because in a lot of ways it was very much accepting and knowing one, no one gave a shit. Like it, everyone was just authentically themselves yeah, and okay. and it was great. Whereas other times I've had experiences on nights out where it's literally like the epitome of of what you would imagine. Like a a queer or gay club to be like And then I'm like I don't think I'll fit in here (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I don't fit into a box So I think I feel like there's a lot more I think people are a lot more open-minded now But I I think there's still a long way to go In terms of like people being more Accepting in all spheres, if you know what I mean, that,
1: that does make good sense to me. I get called out by my by my younger stepdaughter, yeah, who um, who um, identifies as pansexual but is married, ah, and um, she's um, she's she's very very careful about making sure I know when I've not when when I, when I've used a term improperly. Or, and I tell her to I tell mm-hmm. her to I tell her to call me out because I want to know and learn yeah, this stuff yeah. because if I'm going to continue to interact in a world and continue learning and growing it's important for me
0: yeah and that's one way that's one place that I feel for sure that I can learn from you because you do do this and that's what I find interesting when you were on the earlier podcast episode in season one where you're where you're talking about your polyamorous experience and stuff where you said about effectively calling people out and I don't do that and I probably should from time to time. I mean... Not calling people out, I call people just... out softly. Yeah, exactly. Not in a sassy way.
1: You know, well, sometimes it's sassy, but... Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it's, it's rarely salty. Yeah,
0: exactly. Sa- a little bit of sass, but not not salt. Because that's the thing. Because people... a lot of times people don't realise they're being like that.
1: And sometimes. It's, be- it's, because, it's because possibly they've never been presented with another point of view.
0: Exactly. Which I actually that was one thing that was really interesting when I went to the, the MIK music festival, Made in Career, because I was I have never felt more Caucasian and it was amazing and and to be there with Asian friends who I, I it was just really refreshing and it made me realise I am in my comfort zone too much and I need to diversify my friend group more. Yeah. Um sidebar I was the least cool person at that music festival. It was about, I embarrassed myself.
1: The feeling of not being able to blend in is oh, really unsettling, it, isn't it? It is, not it its
0: not it? I just... I wasn't wearing any Dior or, like... And I just was, like... I think I highly underestimated how much effort I should have put into my, my outfit. But, hey, That was literally the, one of the coolest music festivals I've ever been to.
1: That's amazing. So, did you meet anybody at that festival?
0: Um... I mean, I'm quite antisocial.
1: No, but... The 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 question is: Are you looking for love?
0: Oh. What's what's?
1: I mean, are you, you 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 say you're dating intentionally now?
0: I'm dating intentionally in the way that I'm dating cautiously. Maybe is okay. is yeah. If I'm more honest about that, um, cautiously dating with a bit more mindfulness. Okay. There you go. Look okay. at me being so careful about how I work. Mindful dating. Mindful right? dating.
1: <laughs> Turn on the ASMR, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait I'll whisper it to the microphone Lindsay this is for you Mindful dating With Jamie Sparks You're welcome Um, I just Yeah so I think I still don't know Like I, I think The difference is I always used to sometimes wonder Will I end up Married with children And I don't know But the thing is, though, is now I'm excited that I don't know. Because I don't know. And that's actually really fun. And I And I don't know where I'm going to live in terms of what country. And I know probably pretty much what I'll be doing for work. But I just don't know. And that's exciting.
1: Well, we'll come back to that in a later conversation. Because I want to hear the list of countries, too, at some point. (laughs) But just to round it out. Just to round it out. You know, this is the question that you always ask at the interview. Oh, no. At the end of the interview. And that's what would you, what advice would you give someone who's maybe just recognizing their bisexuality or maybe struggling with their sexuality and not sure where they are? What's the the best thing that you've learned that you could pass on?
0: A kind of blanket statement I would always say is do you and do you well. So just be you. It doesn't matter what other people think. It's hard not to let that hurt sometimes. But sometimes the hurting is important because it helps you learn what you need in oh, life. i have to you sing need. an REM song
1: now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but I think also it's okay not to know as well.
1: That was my follow up. What if you don't know who you are?
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... One, I actually worked with a guy one time I think we've made reference to this before on podcast But one time Worked with a guy who literally Who's a straight man and he was like "You know what? I had sex with a guy one time, it wasn't for me <laughs> And I was like Yes I was like why can't more straight men Be like that Like because who gives a shit just if it's do it. If it's not for you, then you've learned and you've moved on.
1: I would give anything in this moment uh. for you to have met my late husband because oh. that's how he was. I, I mean, it's the a beautiful way he, to be. He was he was gloriously open. Yeah. To so many things. Yeah. And and yet gloriously closed up to some others. It was it. it obviously, we all have little dichotomies yeah. inside of us. But I think I think you would have really appreciated yeah. that. What advice would you give for you? If you could if you could go back and speak to 15-year-old Jamie.
0: I think be more... Just be more confident. That's my only... Like, I wish in fifth and sixth year of high school and then definitely in university, I just wish I was more confident in myself. Because, like, I just coasted in my social groups. And, yeah. But at the same time, I don't have any regrets there either. But I think... I could have be. I think I feel my identity could have been a lot more solidified had I had more relationship experience. Because as we've as we've learned through the podcast seasons, or yeah, because we're almost at the end of season two now. Like oh. my longest relationship is two years, and I'm thirty seven. So I feel like I've had a lot of life experience, but I feel like in terms of relationship experience, like long term stuff, that's the. The aspect of, that I'm lacking in, but how much of that is is the culture and that I live in? Because you know what I mean, like
1: we do tend to we, we tend to reward long term relationships yeah. and and assume that long term relationships are just going to go on and on and on and on.
0: However, I would also then say on the flip side, some of the most meaningful relationships I've had have been the shortest. Yeah, so
1: that would be that would be similar in my case as well. So there we go. All I can say is thank you. That was really cool. It was so nice to get to know you in that way. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Gwen. So
1: we definitely want to know your thoughts. Um, how did you respond to our conversation? And what advice would what advice would you would you give Jamie for his future oh my for his first future? Oh, come on. You know Actually, you want yeah, to know. Yeah. What advice would you give Jamie for his future relationships? You can drop us a WhatsApp. You can send us a voice note, send us a message. The links are all on our Instagram. That's Don't Date Me Pod.
0: Yeah, we're also on Twitter and Facebook as well, if, you, if you're that way inclined. Uh, and if you have a dating horror story or need some advice or just really want to share an opinion or you want uh, advice or something from Gwen, get in touch as well. And you can email it, jamiesparks, at gmail.com. Other email providers are available.
1: In the meantime, you can listen to our Apple Music playlist.
0: And for which, I forgot to mention this, we'll also update the playlist with some three song choices from Gwen, if you're cool. up for that. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. to do that. I'll show, I'll share the playlist with you as well, so you can have a look at the kind of vibe we've got going on. But also, we want it to be authentically you and your can music Can I plug choices. my band? Hell, hell yeah, <laughs> of course you can. Um so yeah, we're gonna see you on Monday for the next mini episode, the last of season two. Wow. I can't believe we're already there.
1: We've come a long way, baby. Ooh,
0: and also, if you and also you do not want to miss next week's full-length episode because we are ending this season with a bang. I did not well, think- An actual bang? <laughs> well, I I almost thought this wasn't gonna happen, but we're gonna be interviewing an only fan star about their the trouble or no not trouble but their challenges navigating being an only fan star and dating. Oh,
1: wow, that would be fun.
0: It's gotta be fascinating. That, seems,
1: that sounds really good. Yeah,
0: so definitely follow us uh, so you don't miss that one on your favorite podcast app. Okay. And also just wanna remind you, don't forget we're giving away two tickets to see Rina Sawayama, the pop star. Who is literally kind of at the top of the charts right now in the UK. It's just playing in Glasgow soon uh, and also across the UK. But we're giving two tickets away for Glasgow. If you want to win tickets for that, you can find out details on my website. It's jamiesparks.com. And yeah, and that's it for this week. So as we say in the exact same way every single week. Stay mindful.
1: Don't make assumptions about other people's sexuality.
0: (laughs) And whatever you do...
1: Definitely, definitely date Jamie.
0: <laughs> See you on Monday. Hey, thank you for listening. The Don't Date Me podcast is created by Jamie Sparks Productions. You can email the show at it's Sparks at gmail.com. Other email providers are available. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Don't Date Me Pod. See you on the next episode.